Hey, Sid. Hey, Brian. How's it going? I'm back in class. Aww. <laughs> uh, I final year. Final, yes. So I have two more semesters. This one, and then May, and then I am done. I can't believe it. Can you believe I started in January of 2018, and now here we are? I know. Just like also around the same time that we were starting. It was exactly the same time that we were starting. Great timing. Let's give Sid a hundred things to do. I think it's what my brain, for whatever reason, like needed at the time to have something I was really excited about paired with something I was really terrified of, which I think flipped, flipped like podcast in school, like flipped things every once in a while, like terrified to do the podcast, super excited to do the podcast and vice versa. So, um... I feel like a, a pro-ish at school now. Awesome. So I'm feeling a little bit more confident going into things this semester. Well, you know, you're like a 4.0 student, so. I am a 4.0 student, which I've never, ever, ever been able to say, ever. That's <laughs> a huge thing. I'm excited. That feels good. Um, Better keep it up. I, that's what all I'm thinking about for this semester. <laughs> I'm like, how do I keep this A going throughout everything? So I'm taking two classes both of them center on leadership. So I'm actually excited because I feel like I'll have fun things to bring to the table in our conversations based on the classes. Love it. Yeah. So it's like team dynamics and leadership. So it'll be fun. But I have my planner now, as we talked about probably like six-ish months ago, I was having a really hard time minus a planner, um, but I have it and I think it'll help like keep me focused keep me organized. And that's all I'm worried about is like making sure that I have all my ducks in a row. That's uh, an important thing when you are juggling about a hundred things at one time. Yeah. Yeah. So (laughs) that's the plan. So I'm feeling, I'm feeling good. I'm feeling ready. I think you've got this. You definitely, like I remember a year ago when you were like, not ready. Fully unprepared. I, I think it took me like six weeks to realize I was in school. Mm-hmm. I think I, because one of my classes was online, which we know is like not maybe my best opportunity. You were just like, I don't know how to structure anything that's happening. And then all of a sudden you were like, I figured it out. Right, right, right. But it took, it took a couple months. You're here. <laughs> so now I'm starting. You're an expert now. First week feeling good. But you will hear from me about that. See if I've been able to keep that up throughout the whole semester. Well, I can't wait. I can't wait to tell you. What about you? What's going on? I have recently read some books. Ooh. <laughs> <laughs> Ooh, some books with an S, plural. I was inspired by your update about reading books. Oh. And I was like, <laughs> I was like, you know, uh, I should probably read again. <laughs> I miss that, <laughs> that reading thing. Because we were talking about like taking, spending our time productively. Mm-hmm. And a friend mentioned that she had recently read Nora McInerney's books. Mm-hmm. And I was like, I love her. I've listened to podcasts where she's like told some of these stories and saw her TEDx talk and like have always been curious. She's super funny, but mm-hmm. like thoughtful, thoughtful, yeah. very, uh, very much in line with like the kind of way I like to digest intense content. <laughs> like with an air of like humor. <laughs> yeah. Just like enough sarcastic, like I don't know if I have it together, Edge. <laughs> so a uh, friend lent me her books. It's okay to laugh. Crying is cool too. Mm-hmm. And also no happy endings. 
And so, first of all, I blasted through both of them in two sittings. That's I was like, crazy. I can't get enough. I just like sat on the couch and read, sat on the porch, read, was like, do not bother me. I'm reading my book. Wow. <laughs> I'm impressed. And like the reality is like they're easy reads. It's like listening to a conversation and they're like short essays slash vignettes throughout. So they're very digestible books. It's not like I'm reading Pride and Prejudice. Right. Which, like, let's be real. Here, that's a toughie. <laughs> it would take me like a year. <laughs> So anyway, it feels good to have a good book to read, um, but also I noticed how much I went to grab the book versus my phone. Mm, I, I love like that. The acknowledgement of that is a really big deal. Mm. But her first book in particular was my favorite, and it, I liked it so much because it was raw and mm. real, and like she wrote it in like the six months after her husband died. Mm. Uh, spoiler alert. <laughs> not so spoiler alert that's like her story I think and that's why the she's thing known. We know, yeah <laughs> um but basically talks about the emotional roller coaster and everything she experienced while her husband was dying of brain cancer and they were like in their early 30s and like had been together for three four years mm-hmm. like insane um but she pulls on memories from past relationships her family life um and it's both hilarious and deeply moving and emotional and i like throughout the whole thing i was like laughing and crying so wow the title is accurate (laughs) (laughs) i so i saw the same tedx talk that you saw and i really enjoyed like her demeanor and the way that she presented herself her story everything she was doing but I never, I, I guess I never really thought to read the book at all. So this is a good recommendation because I firstly have been looking for something else to read. But also there's something to be said about like something that makes you feel all of those things too. If, mm-hmm. if you are, I don't know, there's a lot of reasons that we want to like feel deep feelings. And there might be something that comes along with being able to read this story and like feel so deeply for these people that you don't know, Mm -hmm. but also can gain a lot from that story, I think, throughout our whole lives. So I'm glad that you found two, which is like, you know, way better than. (laughs) Yeah, there's definitely like a stop reading business books uh, motif I need in my life. Oh, my gosh. That's like exactly where I'm at. I even like even business podcasts I've been having a really hard time I really want to listen to like other people's stories <laughs> that's exact. that's what I want the moth love the moth love the moth love 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 um but that's great I'll have to see and those so a friend lent you those so I'll then have to buy my own is that well you also know this person so maybe I could get her to Ooh. toss it over your way perfect that'd be great I'll ask her appreciate that <laughs> All right, Sid, what are we talking about today? We've made it to September. What? (laughs) We're here. Don't talk to me about fall. I am not ready. I love fall. I feel like I have this grudge against fall because I love fall, but I hate the rush of time that everybody wants me to be putting on my sweater and I'm not ready for it. So I just, I'm, it's September, but we're still in summer. It's September. Or it's, it's still beautiful. Yeah. And it's summer it is still until summer. September 23rd. Something I like that. So let's not rush this, guys. Um, I'm not here for it. 
But because it's September, it is time for our monthly Woman Inspiring Team QS episode. Yes. And this month, we're talking about Janet Mock. Uh, She is a trans woman of color who's an author, writer, director, producer, advocate, and shining light in the world around us. (laughs) I added that last one. But I imagine anybody who knows who she is would agree with me. So many accomplishments. I have been... So Janet Mock, like, came onto my scene probably, like, four-ish years ago or something. So definitely, like, the short amount of time versus the amount that she's done um, in her career. But I was just blown away, not just, like, from her story, but but the way she tells stories mm-hmm. and the amount she digs into... Um, both her own and other people's and how um, open she is about all of the things happening around her in her world. Christian Siriano, who is like one of my favorite people from Project Runway, one of my favorite, my favorite winner, always dresses her too. So Uh. I kept seeing her pop up on his stuff forever. I'm like, who is this woman? She's fantastic. Um, But I'm just blown away by her. So she is truly like embodies the woman that is inspiring me. And I was excited that you were able to like dig into everything that she has done as well. So that's who uh, that's who we're featuring this month. Let's kick it off. Let's do that. (laughs) Uh, Let's get into it, right? (laughs) Yeah. (laughs) We usually start with the career because I think it gives us a good like baseline to jump off of. As far as, like, who they are, what they've done, where to go from there. So Janet Mock went to work for People Magazine after completing a master's in journalism from NYU. And so that in and of itself for me was, like, that's so rad because I've been obsessed with People Magazine for decades. (laughs) I used to, at my first job, because I was a super professional person, every morning I would go to People.com and see what last night's, like, everybody wore page was. (laughs) Which surprisingly wasn't blocked at my first job, that website. So just knowing that she worked for People Magazine obviously is in line. Super fangirl dressed in, in oh. the instant. Oh, yeah. I was I was just like, that's that's who I want to be. Um, and then there's also something really wonderful in my mind about seeing someone who graduated with their degree in journalism then also then going into, we're going to call People Magazine journalism. <laughs> I think that might be snobby to say. Entertainment media. (laughs) But it was cool to see, like, that path followed. But then she wrote a book while she was um, an editor there. And then after the release of that book, she quit her job there and then kind of focused on the book full time, which I, I'm, I'm not an author. I don't know much about like the publishing world other than the show Younger that I'm obsessed with that shows me like, <laughs> what I want to think is like the real thing. But it was interesting to like see that fact about her that she just went like all in on the book. Um, and then she ended up writing two. So she wrote Redefining Realness, My Path to Womanhood, Identity, Love, and So Much More that was released in 2014. And then that was followed by Surpassing Certainty in 2017, which was her second book. Um, Redefining Realness was a New York Times bestseller, and that told the story like of Janet's transition as a young person. Um, and it was, what I read was that it was the first of its kind um, for people to read, like talking about the transition as a woman of color, 
was just not something that was out there at that point. Um, Which is wild. It is wild. Like, it's really... But what's also interesting is she talked about how it really, like, set the narrative for what she was talking about all the time. Mm -hmm. And there's so many parts to her. Like, there's so many different identities that she holds as well as like jobs that she's held and things that she's done um that it was I think almost frustrating to her at some point that that was the only thing that people were talking about which I think comes along with what the book was about but in Mm -hmm. addition to that it also um like talked about the social theory about transitioning which I think is another thing that we just didn't have around around that in a book form that we could like digest from a person that we also like admired and and wanted to learn from yeah right Because like there you one one does not understand unless told or explained or has a scenario that they've been exposed to or have a friend and so there's so much value in someone telling their story so that you as a person who may relate to it or just, like, grasp something that you may not have known prior to that and be able to say, like, I see you. Right. Exactly. Exactly. And I was listening to – she did a Super Soul Sunday episode, uh, podcast episode with Oprah, because Oprah does everything now. (laughs) Um, But she explained, like, in addition to that story, she was also talking about how realness is defined however we want it defined. Mm -hmm. And I don't know – like, I I unfortunately didn't read the book, but from what Oprah was talking about on the interview, she was talking about all of these things about – Janet's story and how 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 she lived her life but Janet kind of came back with like this is about realness and however we as individuals defined realness Mm -hmm. and I thought that was a really powerful thing to say because like you said like you want to be seen as a whole person and realness for you is different than what realness is for me um and I and I don't like I I think that that is um, something that's really important to talk about that I don't know if she got a chance to talk about as much in the book as she did as explaining what the book was really supposed to be about. Right, because I feel like that also helps people who don't necessarily understand what that experience might be like mm-hmm. to then say, like, this is about who you are as a person. Right, right, right. The The person you wake up being is your realness like that's who that is yeah it's like the trueness of (laughs) living your life in another person's shoes right of like and or also just being like what is it like to live in my shoes Mm -hmm. and how what privilege do i right right and holding those like she even talked about on the podcast like um pretty pretty privileged like how pretty people have hold more privilege than people that we don't see as like traditionally and the media has told us are like the beautiful people and those are real things that we really need to grapple with I think this this episode aired probably at least a few years ago but it's still super relevant in conversation around like what privileges we don't acknowledge because we don't think that they either matter or they don't people don't like they everybody has this privilege yeah they just they don't think about it as privilege right right because it's just a thing they've always had and it's like well that's what privilege is (laughs) just as a tip um but yeah I, i thought that that explanation along with understanding better what the book was about was really helpful in this in this moment love that yeah um and 
So she's also written for a handful of magazines, all my favorites, like Marie Claire, Elle, like all of them, because, you know, I'm a magazine fiend. Um, And so she's also, in addition to sharing her personal story, she does a fantastic job. I listened to, she had a podcast that I'm blanking on the name of for one season, but she interviewed um, activists, celebrities, pop culture representatives, like the whole nine. But I was just so impressed with the way she interviews, too. Mm. Again, I think it comes from that journalism background where she's not just asking, like, your typical like run-of-the-mill questions she's really wanting people to share their truth with her and she does a wonderful job of like gaining trust in an honest way and not in like a slimy gross way and so yeah and so reading her interviews and hearing her interviews was just kind of a class on how to interview while also um while also making sure that you were connected to the person you were Mm -hmm. talking to not just like firing questions off at them and if all of that there's more is not enough <laughs> this woman is just fantastic so in addition to that she is finding huge 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 success with pose the fx show we talked about it on a past mm-hmm. episode but it explores um five trans women's stories from the new york ball culture from the 80s and she has written directed and produced for the show and i didn't know this but she was also the first trans woman of color to write for television what? Yeah. And that show came out two years ago. Nope. Yep. Two years ago. Oh my gosh. Which is crazy. I love that. We've talked so much too about how important it is for people to see people like themselves on TV and mm-hmm. in media. And this helps change the course of history because not only is it exposing something that like, I didn't learn about this in history books at school. Right. Right. <laughs> and I think that there's like you're stepping into this role yourself too where you're like that she is paving the pathway for people to do the same mm-hmm. like she's the first trans woman of color hired to write for television mm-hmm. first of many right exactly hopefully. exactly like holding that door wide open which leads to a deal that she recently just signed with Netflix again like first of its kind where she will create exclusive content for the streaming platform and again first trans woman of color to sign a deal like this but what that did is exactly what you say is who's going to be in those writers rooms who's going to be behind mm-hmm. the camera who's going to be the crew who are going to be the actors and we've heard about this so many times is when opportunity is given, that door is held wide open for more people that haven't had that opportunity before. Um, and she is just she is just being the like primo example of that in one of the spaces that she holds. Yeah. Um, so that's like I think the short list of her uh, of her career background. There's obviously like a lot of other things that she's done. Like I think in a here and there type of way, but those to me were like the standout kind of how she got going and then how where she is today. Mm-hmm. Um, and so the other part of what we like to talk about with the Women Inspiring Team QS is what we can learn from these women that then is applicable to like us in our own lives. Because I don't know about you, but I'm not about to get an exclusive signing deal with Netflix. Yet. <laughs> yet. That's what my stats professor said to someone every class. Like, if you just add yet, then it sounds a lot more promising. <laughs> Like, that's sweet, but I'm really never going to be good at this. <laughs> was it you that he said that It too? wasn't me, but I was th- every time she said something, I was like, I'm thinking the same thing. <laughs> and now you never have to take and that. And now away. I'm never going to go back to stats, ever. Um, so this is, like, my favorite part, because we can look at the career, we can look at 
who they are as people and just see like, okay, how do I apply this to my own life? Mm-hmm. Um, first of all, first of all, there's a lot of career <laughs> to unpack there and lots of like avenues down the journalism media like road that that exist in the work that she's done. But the common thread through all of those is that she continues to tell her story and connect with women like her and people who want to hear those stories that like honesty and I think like passion for not just the work, but like what is her truth is Mm -hmm. so clear and everything she talks about is not shied away from at all oh yeah and there's so much strength in that vulnerability in the work that you do when you are opening up yourself Mm -hmm. and telling your story so that many people can benefit whether it's someone to feel seen or someone to learn something about another individual like just the perspective that's shared in that. Mm-hmm. I, f- I feel like it's such an authentic uh, way to build a career. And while it's amazing, it's also challenging yeah. to know that everything that you're doing is true to herself and like using that opportunity to build a vision for the world. And they, we what we don't necessarily see or hear about is how difficult that is for someone or how hard, like, it sounds fabulous. Like, yeah. you're doing all these amazing things, but there's internet trolls and, mm-hmm. like, people telling you you can't do it and having to, like, consistently, like, push that door closed and saying, like, you can't get at me. Right, right. <laughs> well, then it's also kind of coming to mind, okay, who do you trust? And how do you lean on people when you are so in the public eye talking about something that, unfortunately, mm-hmm. so many people have a, like, really sad and scary opinion on? Um, who is your circle of people? And I think, you know, I talked about Christian Siriano kind of jokingly, but you also have to think, like, he's one of those people for her in some capacity that, like, this is a person that, you know, has seen me through fittings, through who makes me feel mm-hmm. beautiful, who I trust with the look I'm about to serve to the whole world, you know, depending on how far those photos go. And that you need those people to make you feel like, okay, I trust that I can be out here and I can tell my story. Right, right. And that's, I feel like that's a huge, I mean, even if it's not something that we can learn from her career, it seems like something we can certainly learn from like her presence in the world Mm -hmm. um, about, and we talk about that all the time about like who is in that circle and do you really trust them? And how do you, how do you learn to do that better if you're not doing it right now? So I feel like that's like an added bonus thing that we can definitely learn from her. For sure. Um, I also think reading through the list of people that she's interviewed and how she tells those stories, one of the things that I think I would like to do better is like that thoughtfulness around really understanding the person to the to the degree to which you can, like learning mm-hmm. what you can about someone, but then also like using that to connect with them, but not making it about you and really learning from them what their story is and how we internalize that and then how we kind of use it to get to know someone better again like not in an icky gross way but Mm -hmm. just in a way that like 
allows for more connection because I think that's something that she continues to do so well is connect with the people around her, whether they be friends or people she's interviewing or like fans on the street, like how you really listen to the person and how you really look at them when you talk to them and not just like kind of slough it off as a nothing moment. Mm -hmm. I think there's a lot of pressure to fit in in society and it's becoming harder and harder and knowing that like we as individuals are quick to judge oh yeah (laughs) and combating that and thinking about the world through a lens of acceptance takes quite a bit of effort yeah and I think that that when you see someone share so much of their story and their true sense of self it can't you can't help but like kind of flip that flip that mirror on yourself and be like who what am, am I? I doing right right <laughs> and like what am I doing to support communities you know like mm-hmm. we talked about she holds a lot of identities and intersectional feminism is a thing that we're learning more about and understanding better and really understanding like what that word means and she is like a true example of intersectional feminism but how do we then support that from the outside you know like how do we support that from outside of those communities if we live outside those communities Mm -hmm. and how do we take it upon ourselves to do that work um instead of just kind of put it on the other person like hey you tell me what to do and i'll do it like no we need to own this in a thoughtful allyship way not in a like i'll do what someone tells me to do right so we need to do that work uh she is also an incredible risk taker by sharing her truth on so many platforms in so many different ways and so i think you know for first and foremost and last but not least (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> all, all of the things rolled into one. How are we taking risks? And we've talked about this before, but they don't have to be, you know, writing a book about your life and how you have grown as a person and the person you are today. It doesn't need to look like that. But how are we taking risks to show the people that we trust that we trust them? And mm-hmm. like, how are we taking risks in our career? I mean, I mean, think about her career and the amount of like, paths that she's paved for herself and with like the support team behind her like how are we taking those risks in our career when it's probably really scary sometimes when you're like I'm very comfortable where I am and I feel okay about it (laughs) but I've always had this like goal in mind I read something today like you know a dream with like bullet points is a goal with a timeline is a plan and like with something else is something else and it's like wow I've seen that a thousand with different ways, but it's still just as true. And you have to think, okay, she's such a risk taker. She did so many things that were outside of what was something that she could see before that. Mm-hmm. And she made it happen. And so you have to think like, what were the plans? What were the goals? How did you create the timeline? And like taking that on ourselves and figuring out how we can take the risks that just feel just outside the box that we've been living in. And, like, how do we reach outside there and, like, get uncomfortable? Yeah, because it's hard to be uncomfortable. It like, is. <laughs> we know. We know. <laughs> I, I, One of the things that I took away, especially reading about the show Pose, mm-hmm. um, I think is just thinking about this idea of chosen family and how vitally important that was to the LGBTQ and is still to this day. Um, But to be able to see that in 
in like a visual platform really helps kind of solidify that need and want for belonging in a community and how telling these stories helps create that and extend the web beyond just like you have your pocket you have your pocket like there we're we want to create a stronger network of people who can support each other and like what you're talking about allyship is like i see you how do we like join together in a way Mm -hmm. or just like how can i and like provide space yeah support in whatever way it looks like it's really important and i think to do work like that takes so much strength and effort and uh, and courageousness Mm -hmm. to step up and and tell a story and and tell like your own truth to be able to let other people tell their truth Mm -hmm. because it's hard to be that vulnerable in the world absolutely and i think like exactly to your point what she was saying was like this is my story and my story is vastly different than other people's stories and hopefully that by like sharing that then other people do feel more comfortable but she's like but my story is like again one that that feels better than someone else's sometimes it feels more palatable than someone else's sometimes but that doesn't mean that those stories don't matter and that those shouldn't also be heard because Mm -hmm. they're more uncomfortable to hear and they are different than what you've heard before and like you say like just creating that space for you know you you put your story as a light in the center of the circle that invites other people to do the same but we also have to be ready to hear stories that look and feel and are very different from the one that we just got comfortable with Mm -hmm. you know and i think that teaches us a huge lesson in like you say acceptance and and how we are thoughtful about the way that we do everything Um, And I love what you said about Pose and, like, the chosen family piece of that because that's a huge – obviously, like, that is the narrative of the show. And it's something that, like, if you haven't had that experience or if you have a chosen family but didn't know, like, that's been a thing and has been such a necessary piece of survival for so many people – you don't I don't know if you can always appreciate it but honestly watching this show has given me like I don't know a depth of something that I did not have before and it just it was just so wonderful so I I appreciate that you brought that up I love it all the way I'm looking forward to learning more about the work that Jana does Mm -hmm. because it never ends she's one of our faves love it well we will very likely be talking more about this on instagram at queen underscore speaking we will shall we break let's break